0: This is Fuse FM.
1: Student activists have ended their occupation of the John Owens building after the university committed to change its investment policy and move towards carbon neutral investments. Climate group, people and planet had been occupying the university management buildings for seven days. Here's Kaylee, was among those occupying the building. We have left
0: the occupation because we negotiated with the university a statement that not only commits to a full review of their socially responsible investments policy next year to be implemented on the 1st of August 2020, but also a
2: meeting on the 12th of December of their investment subcommittee with students union representatives
1: that will very highly likely lead to divestment from fossil fuel companies. The National Union of Students has said that the Conservative Party Manifesto shows complete disregard for the interests of students. It also said the Manifesto demonstrates that the Conservatives are not taking the climate crisis seriously. University staff have started an almost two-week strike in a row over pay and pensions. Despite the university's assurances that students will not be assessed on content missed because of the industrial action, some have raised concerns about how their academic performance will be affected. And finally, on a festive note, Manchester is the first UK city to embrace eco-friendly Christmas decorations with the city now lit up in time for the holiday season with biodegradable Christmas lights made with recycled materials. That's all for now. You're in focus. This is Fuse FM.
3: Manchester's student radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another instalment of Fusing Focus, slightly more stripped-down version of the show for you this week.
0: Yes, it is. It's just us,
3: just the two of us. But that's okay. It's the dream team anyway. This <laughs> is all course, we need.
0: Of course.
3: So I am James. I am Megan. And we will be focusing on some news stories this week.
0: Yeah, some news stories that you might have
4: just <laughs>
3: heard about. <laughs> So there's been a a little bit of an overlap, as was mentioned by Megan Just, between the the news bulletin stories and our stories. But that's fine, you know. We're we're, we're fusing focus. Yeah. We're here to focus on them a little bit more thoroughly. Give
0: you more of an in-depth insight.
3: Exactly. That's the whole point. Do you know what I couldn't help but focus on this week? Right. Feel free to call me out on this. This week, for me personally, is the first week where it's okay to play and listen to Christmas music. How do you feel about that?
0: You know what? you're right the the thing is is is, it's december on the weekend Mm. so that's like the advent calendar lead up to christmas so i i do think it is acceptable i I, I think it always creeps up on us because usually you think no it's still november you can't play christmas music but actually it is very much almost december yeah and it's it's now this month where it's like the organized people have already got their christmas presents but the unorganised people are thinking oh, I still got ages and when uh, actually
3: w- you probably don't. Can we ask which camp you fall into there, Megan?
0: No, I've not got any. <laughs> <laughs> what about you?
3: No, not a single one. See, it, it's it's yeah. just
0: I wish I could be that person but yeah. I'm just not. Just not. I don't I wish I could already know what I'm buying people, um, but unfortunately. It's just not me. I'm usually the person that goes out two days before Christmas Eve and looks for stuff and thinks, oh, this will be all right.
3: I am running the risk of like running a really, really close to the clock now. I've actually got, so next week, I've I've got my office's Christmas thing and we've got a secret Santa and I've still not sorted anything and this is bad.
0: But secret Santas are always a difficult one because... I, never, I always want to go really funny, like mm. a joke secret Santa, but then there are some people that do it really seriously and they actually get really nice gifts and then I just feel like an idiot because... I've bought them like a back scratcher. <laughs> like because they complained about that too. I appreciate a back
3: scratcher. Yeah, 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 that's a good
0: okay, gift. That's a good gift. Okay, okay, that's true. That's true. Should we move on to our stories for this week?
3: Yes, let's move on to our first story. So, just to kind of follow up on a story that we covered quite extensively last week. Yeah. Um, People and Planet, University of Manchester mm-hmm. have now ended their occupation of the John, John Owens. Owens building. Mm-hmm. Um, Could you tell us why that was, Megan?
0: Well, so they had a seven-day occupation in the building and they got together with the university and the university promised to review their Social Responsible Investment Policy, uh, shortened to SRIP. SRIP. Yeah, (laughs) SRIP. (laughs) Literally. Um, So it's not like a full commitment for divestment, but it is basically them saying, okay, we're going to overlook this and try and rearrange it yeah. and think about where we can limit our investment because apparently it's about 12 million invested in fossil fuels mm-hmm. which is a very big number for one of the most le- like for one of the leading universities um in the uk
3: and especially as we discussed last week yeah. that, that the university markets itself as being so green and eco-friendly yeah and yet it has had this 12 million pounds invested in these fossil fuel companies yeah there's a certain level of hypocrisy there but at least you know following the occupation with this sort of commitment hopefully from the university we can start to see that change yeah maybe you know this uh week-long occupation that people and planet underwent yeah. might not have been in vain maybe this will actually result in something and
0: i i think that the universe i think the university would be stupid to kind of not uphold their promises a little bit mm-hmm. because i do think the main reason why the university of manchester went okay let's let's set up a meeting let's talk about this let's let's try and come to an agreement yeah was because they were prepared to go on a hunger strike mm-hmm. and i think that would have had a massive reaction in the uk oh
3: massively if, yeah if it
0: was found that there was I think it was like ten or fifteen of them, you know, in a building on a hunger strike for divestment. It's a massive commitment. They did very well.
3: And not only is it a massive sort of commitment that they were willing to undergo, an absolute spot-on work for yeah. people and planet, like enabled yeah. in, in to get them to do this. But but it has been a little bit of a kind of. I suppose, a PR disaster for the uni.
0: Oh, 100%. Like, they
3: have absolutely been backed into a corner yeah. with... They've got a student occupation of one of their buildings. Yep. They're willing to go on hunger strike. It's yep. all over the front page of the Mancunian. It, National yeah. newspapers yeah, have been reporting Yeah, and it's been covered by it. The
0: Guardian, exactly. even though they spelt the Mancunian's name wrong. It's okay, it's okay.
3: <laughs> they, could have, they could have just checked. <laughs> just a quick Google. A quick Google would have I, sorted I that. think
0: it maybe got lost in translation there. But, yeah, it. it and especially because there are... The UCU strikes, and then uh, the boycott and divestment and sanctions kind of pressure group in the University of Manchester have been backing mm-hmm. the UCU strikes whilst going on their own strikes. And then you've got People and Planet. Nancy's just she's had it everywhere. She's yeah. having it from every ear. She's had
3: a very busy few weeks.
0: Yeah, I saw a video of her. I think she was going. I think she was going to some sort of meeting and you had all of the ucu strikers behind her and one like harassing her you know by her just being like you need to sort this out like what are you gonna do about (laughs) it like chatting to her as if you know he was given like a debrief for Mm. the day you know like when assistants do that so yeah but it they have done very well Um, i'm just reading this article from the guardian and Mm -hmm. lizzie horton i hope i'm saying that right um she is part of the general exec team in the university of manchester i think it's activities she's general exec for she told the guardian that the university of manchester they don't want to say it out loud but divesting has to be part of decarbonizing the investment portfolio so it goes beyond divestment she says we haven't won yet this is very little trust between the students and and the university to do all of this but it's the biggest shift that they've seen since the campaign started and that was I think the main reason why they decided to leave despite the fact that they hadn't got the university to fully divest because this is the biggest move and the biggest change mm-hmm. they've had in the eight years that they've been doing this campaign
3: it, it does feel like a huge step and you know it, it's not to be fair like a this is it job done we can tick off the yeah. university yeah. has now divested in fossil fuels but, yeah. but it is a step in the right direction yeah. I yeah and,
0: and i also think that's what's kind of sometimes a little bit exhausting when it comes to talking about climate change and investments in fossil fuels is because there can always be more that's done
3: yeah exactly like
0: we divest today but then maybe it might be that we need to change the lights because the lights are too polluting and we have too many on at the same time Mm -hmm. or the fact that we use too much water or we can always be more eco-friendly yeah of course it's always unfortunately going to be a battle and i think
3: sort of um the 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 question that naturally follows now is um you know will the university follow through on this or will they actually make make good on their promise? Uh, Yeah,
0: Um, but I think that what is good is that this group isn't just thinking, okay job done now. Uh, I just saw an update on their Facebook that said they're going to do a debrief and you know go through all the ways that they're going to make sure that the university check that they are going to follow through with this process. Mm -hmm. I think the university was probably going to have a task on their hands if they don't Mm -hmm. because if they've already said that they're willing to do a hunger strike I don't think there's any reason why they wouldn't occupy john owens or another building in the university again exactly
3: if they exactly. do not uphold
0: their promises. and
3: especially if it's already been seen to prove effective exactly. by other students yeah. who's to say you know there couldn't be 20 30 strikers exactly next time? Yeah. exactly
0: so well done to people and planet
3: absolutely well, well done absolutely well done people and planet um should we move on to our next story
0: yes of course
3: so another really really big story we sort of touched on earlier obviously this week has been the first week of the ucu strikes yeah um if in case anyone has been living uh, under a
0: rock <laughs> just somehow not
3: seeing what's been happening um the university and college union staff all of the uh i think most of the lecturers in the university yeah have been striking this week over changes to their pay and pension schemes yeah it's been a huge thing i think every student in the university has been affected so many 100%. university staff have been affected like i know people that work for the university as staff and they've either been told, like, just don't show up to work that week, work from home, or yeah. or if you want to join the picket, you can join the picket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, it's really interesting. Has this affected you personally, Megan?
0: I've had absolutely nothing. Apart from one lecture, which I didn't even realise was happening. So I kind of, like, <laughs> as, like, I think it was like 90% of my lecturers and my tutors were like, yeah, I'm striking, I'm not coming in. Right. And I hadn't heard from this one lecturer, and I just thought, okay, well... I'm just going to take it that you're probably not coming in and that you just didn't want to tell us because I found it quite strange how they, a lot of them seem to send me an email being like, we're letting you know that we are striking. Yeah. When I don't think they have to do that.
4: They They don't. They don't have
0: to tell us. And I think it's, it's best if they are extremely disruptive and don't tell you Mm -hmm. because then that, you know, gets us riled up. But I didn't go to that lecture on Thursday and then saw it on like my podcast. Like, oh, it was, it was on but you know it was one out of it was one out of like three or four so yeah yeah, yeah. what about you
3: um all of my lectures have been called off yeah, this week yeah um a few of them have been sort of rescheduled for the latter half of next week so oh, wow they're, okay they're kind of going over things but to be fair my lecturers have been like really really good and understanding with the yeah, students and, yeah. and they, they, they took time last week in all the lectures to say to us look we're doing this strike we understand mm. it might disrupt you. Yeah. If you've got any questions, email me about it now. But we obviously won't be able to respond yeah. during the yeah. strike. They told us exactly when the strikes would be, mm. what would be happening. And yeah. then, they, then they were just like, and this is where we're going to be picketing. If you want to join us or write to people, we yeah. would encourage you to. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it was really good. It's, it's put off um, a few lectures for me. But I think at the end of the day, that's quite a small price to pay. And also, for...
0: one of my lecturers was saying how she feels like it's very unfair for her to give the lecture because my lecture in politics was supposed to be about like feminism and the ideals of social justice. And she just thought, considering half the reason people are striking is because of, you know, the pay gap. i really shouldn't be in a lecture talking about feminism and doing my job when there are people striking and i should be striking too like it just doesn't make sense yeah exactly you know i i do want to support them in that because it doesn't make sense to to teach when it's literally going against what you're trying to to strike for
3: exactly um and i think another thing that we obviously can't not mention um very very high profile lecturer um with the uni
0: yeah brian cox our
3: boy brian cox
0: so uh the mancunian wrote an article basically outlining how uh other ucu lecturers that were striking in manchester were trying to get brian cox to not to cross the picket line as they say what, yes. what does that phrase mean i didn't have that question
3: <laughs> so I, I think it's more of a metaphorical picket line yeah so in a conventional like trade strike like like you know say the miners strike in the yeah. 80s there was a literal line of people with pickets yeah so it's saying we will not let anybody pass this and go to work we're oh. striking we need solidarity obviously the university and the campus is a very complex... Th- yeah, it's th- not
0: like one straight line, here's, here's the strikers, <laughs> here's the uni, don't cross because it's across two roads. It,
3: it, but- it's more of a... So I think what they're trying to say is it's more of a metaphorical picket. Yeah. It, it, it's please, please, please don't go to work. Understand that we're suffering, yeah. students are suffering. Yeah. And the least you can do is over the course of this strike, just show a little bit of solidarity with us. Yeah. Um. So, so it, it, it's not a literal crossing of a picket line.
0: Uh, okay, that makes sense. Because I've been seeing it on articles and I've always wondered like, what does what side of the picket line am i supposed to be on i don't <laughs> i don't understand but yeah uh, the union wrote an article basically explaining how there were a lot of lecturers that were kind of appealing to brian cox because obviously he is this celebrity professor mm-hmm. a lot of people know that he is a professor in manchester
3: he's got a real following as well yeah says, yeah a very very high profile lecturer
0: yeah very high profile and um they were kind of saying that you need to stand with us you need to strike with us because obviously that's going to bring a lot of attention to the strike. Um, and a follow-up kind of adjustment on the article basically outlined that his lecture was cancelled on Thursday. Yeah. So I don't know if it's official that he's striking, but he hasn't been into uni, so we can assume that maybe he is taking some strike action. Yeah, we can connect some dots just being a bit there. low pro- profile about it.
3: Do you think Brian Cox is pro-union?
0: I have no idea. <laughs>
3: Does that ever come across when he's doing, like, Wonders of the Universe? I, and he's-
0: I have no idea, but I think for him to strike is important because obviously he does have, he probably has more income than just the university lectures, and so he may not be suffering as much as his, you know, union, if he is part of the union, supporters are and union mates are but, it is important for him to stand to kind of yeah, make yeah, a point definitely,
3: definitely. on behalf of them. Because he can be like, um, obviously the connections that he's got within the BBC and within like the sort yeah. of wider science yeah. community outside of the university. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's obviously a very big name and if he's mm-hmm. willing to stand with them, that's a huge, huge boost for it the is, UCU. It is, it um, is. So, uh, obviously, we can't know officially if he's done this because of the strikes. Maybe this will come out in a few days and he'll release a sort of Wonders of the Universe style video <laughs> where he's walking around Oxford and yeah. all of the lecturers... I can't do Ryan Cox's <laughs> voice. I, I, I can't I, either, I wish I could. So <laughs> <laughs> just talking about pointing at lecturers. Yeah. And like, As yeah. you can see, they're striking. And <laughs> so on, so forth.
0: Yeah, but we also have, uh, we've got some voice notes from two TAs that we wanted to play. Because obviously it doesn't make sense for us to sit here and talk about the UCU strikes and not have someone... On behalf of UCU, or yeah. Let's that hear is striking, from them. Let's hear from talk them. Talk about them. So I'm just going to get up the questions that we asked. We couldn't get them into the studio as they were busy, which is perfectly fine.
3: Busy striking. They're
0: busy striking. <laughs> which
3: is you know, fair enough. <laughs> they can't argue with that. <laughs>
0: exactly. So the first TA is called Joanna, and we asked both her and the uh, second guy, who is called Jake. The first question we asked them was just introduce yourself and your position at the University of Manchester and your relationship to the university of manchester Mm -hmm. we asked them to elaborate on why they are personally striking and what they hope to achieve from the strikes and then how the experience um, has been as a university of manchester employee and how they want their experience to be improved and then the last question was about the student reaction and student support to their strikes so i'm first going to play the joanna clip it may be a little bit like um she talks and then she pauses because i've had to like join all the voice notes together but those are the questions and it should kind of be a bit Mm self-explanatory so here we go
2: hi i'm joanna wilson i am um, a teaching associate at the university of manchester in the politics department um a teaching associate is basically a, a glorified teaching assistant um but it's a salaried position. Um, that is for for 10 months um, and I have some extra responsibilities around not only um, teaching undergraduates um, in tutorials but also giving lectures um, and sort of mentoring responsibilities for other TAs in the department.
0: And so this is going to be the second question that we asked her it should be coming in just a second I don't remember how long I left so Ooh, I think it's important
2: to note that there are Currently, at the University of Manchester, two separate disputes. There's one on pensions, um, which is what we were on strike about in 2018. Um, But the other one is new. It's on pay inequality, workload and casualisation of labour within the university. And it's really that one that that is the reason that I am personally striking. Um, As a teaching associate, I am employed... On a 0.5 contract, so I'm supposed to spend 50% of my time, 17.5 hours a week, um, working on teaching duties. I'm no, not because I'm a fourth-year PhD. I'm no longer paid for my for my research. I'm expected to do that for free now. Um, on any given week, for my teaching responsibilities. By the time I've done my, my prep for tutorials, responded to emails, mentoring, organizing workshops for other TAs, before I but before I even step into a classroom, I've already worked over 17 and a half hours that I'm paid for. Um, I then also do five hours of tutorials every week. I hold at least two office hours every week. Um and when I'm teaching my workload just goes up even further. It's not unusual for me to be spending forty hours a week just on teaching. Um I've been studying now for ten years, um, to be qualified enough to do this job. And when you work out my hourly weight rate I'm I'm working for two, three pounds an hour. Um that's why I'm striking. It's it's exhausting. It's um as an early career researcher, it's a life of short-term one-year contracts, often in different cities, and there's no stability. You know, I'm, I'm 30 years old, now I'm getting married next year. I'm starting to think about settling down and, and living my life, but I can't because I'm on constant short-term contracts and I don't know where I'm going to be from, from year to year. Um, that's why I'm personally on strike. Wow. And then this is
0: the third question that should be coming up about the relationship to the University of
2: Manchester. You know, working at the University of Manchester it is not it's not a horrible experience. Um, you know, my 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 day-to-day life is is wonderful. My my colleagues are wonderful. I'm, I'm very privileged to be able to go to a place of work where there are lots of people doing interesting research and I can I can I can, I can be a part of that sort of, of that sort of collegiality within the department. Um, what I do think is that the the university is is kind of like all other universities. There was a Guardian article recently that that said that the strikes were um, really a, a fight for the soul of campus. And and for me, that's that's what the issue is. I feel like this university, along with all universities in the UK are becoming more and more bureaucratized and becoming more and more run as a business um and and that's kind of the 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 main issue for me and that's why it's it Makes financial sense for the university to only pay me for ten months out of the year because I don't have to teach in the summer months, so they don't have to pay me. But yeah, you know, I then can't get other work in those those two months, so I have to make my my already terrible wage last two extra months of the year. Um, and it's it's cost saving for the university because it's about it's it's not it's not like a place. I think the, I think the question really is about what do we expect. A university to be what do we expect learning experiences to be um, and for me you know a, a good place of learning is, is certainly not one that treats its students as um, profit generating um, and it's not one that treats its staff as kind of dis- disposable in a, in a way
0: and then i think we're just going to hear
2: about the student reaction
3: that's fine. It's all the
2: student reaction so far has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, from my experience, I was quite honest with with my students that I teach um, early on that I wasn't sure if I was able to strike because I wasn't sure if I could afford it. Um, and then as soon as I kind of made my final decision, I was I was open up front with them. Um, I've had emails of support from my own students. You know, some some of my students are joining me on the picket lines. Um, uh, of course. The, there are going to be reports that, that students are unhappy or annoyed with the lecturers, but that's really, really not been my experience. My, my experience has very much been that students are, are supportive and understand that, you know to use the cliche, my working conditions are their learning conditions and that this, this fight affects them as much as it affects me.
0: Okay, so that was Joanna's response to a couple of our questions. Should we play Jake's response? It's not as long, it's about three minutes. Yeah, let's go right into it. Okay, yeah. so we asked him the same questions, and this is what he had to say.
4: Hi, my name is Jake Favell. I am a PhD student in the Politics Department at the University of Manchester. Um, I'm not a teaching, associate, a teaching assistant this year, but um, I will be next semester. Um, and I was last time we went on strike two years ago. I mean, I'm not personally striking per se as I am not teaching this semester Um, but I've been joining the picket lines and showing my support for the strike. Uh, I'm actually quite pessimistic. I think we're going to have to fight the exact same battles again uh, in the future and I think there can only be... um, solved, so to speak, by a much more radical overhaul of the way that the university system is structured. My experience as a university manager employee, um, as a teaching assistant has not always been terrible. I loved teaching, that's one of the reasons that I've started to do the PhD and it was what I had intended to go into before, um... I um, I started the PhD. However, as a result, um, and this tends to happen with people across the teaching profession, and I know this from having worked at a school previously. Uh, as a result, it's the the most easy to take the Mickey out of because we have this feeling of commitment to our students. So, how can the university of to improve as employers? Uh, be honest about how much work we actually do and how much you're paying us for. Um, there's 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 talk that if we as the union engage in action short of a strike, which means working to contract their university is still going to dock our pay because we will not be able to fill our roles um whilst working to contract so what they're implicitly saying is um your we we undervalue how long it takes to do your job and therefore undervalue um your pay uh so yeah sort that out
0: and then about the student reaction I think that clip will be followed quite shortly
4: the student reaction's been fine I mean as I said I've not actually been teaching this semester so I don't really have that um, same personal experience as uh, Joanna mentioned but um, I've met students on the picket line so have brought us cakes and brownies and so on and so forth so it does appear that the students have been positive and they understand why we're striking. I definitely remember last time, um, two years ago, when we went on strike uh, and I was teaching then and students were, on the whole, very, very supportive.
0: So that is from Jake and Joanna, two UCU strikers, um, where we asked them a couple of questions about how their striker's going. What do you think of those clips, James?
3: I think that's really really interesting yeah. um it's touched on some good things and it's really nice to hear from them actually directly as to why it is one thing that really resonated with me from joanna's was when she um made the comments about how staff working conditions are student learning conditions and yeah. i think that kind of like encapsulates what the entire issue here yeah. is, isn't it because yeah. if, if lecturers and university staff are struggling and they're struggling with like an overflowing workload and mm. they're struggling with their pay, yeah. then that's gonna have a ripple effect. That's going to impact students. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't know, all that's really done for me personally, that's just solidified my understanding yeah. of the strike. Like, yeah. like, good on them, good on them, yeah, keep at it.
0: But I wonder what they're gonna have to do. I mean, Jake kind of touched on how he doesn't feel like this, this industrial action, these strikes are gonna be good enough to get the changes that they want. I wonder what they're going to have to do to get those changes. Like, what what lengths are they going to have to go through? I mean, you saw people in Planet had to almost starve themselves to get the university to listen to them. What are the UCU union workers going to have to do?
3: Well, I think it's, um, I, I don't know, the onus here is kind of on the university, isn't it? Yeah. Because if they have had all of their lecturers or 95% of their lecturers yeah disrupted this week a huge huge disruption has been felt by you know all of the staff all of the students anyone even remotely connected to the university has felt it Mm. if that isn't enough to make them change and they need to consider okay well if we don't start to listen to them Mm -hmm. what else are they going to do So, so so i think it's um it's a it's a terrible question, and my hope is that the university does understand the severity of the situation, yeah, and actually steps in, or even more than just the university. because it's an entire, you know, nationwide strike. Oh, one hundred percent,
0: one hundred percent.
3: It's uh, for me personally, at the risk of sounding a bit partisan, a bit partial, <laughs> um, I think universities need to take a serious, serious look at the way that they pay their staff and staff working conditions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because otherwise, where is our money going?
3: Exactly, exactly.
0: And should we finish off with our last story? Do you want to introduce it? Yeah, oh, I absolutely do. We've got about five, six minutes. That's okay, that's okay.
3: So um, in case anybody didn't see, last night, uh, Channel 4 devoted their entire 7 o'clock news slot Mm -hmm. to a one-hour-long climate debate with all of the leaders of the major political parties in the country. Um, Two of them refused to attend Boris Mm -hmm. Johnson from the Conservatives, obviously And Nigel Farage from the Brexit Party Mm -hmm. So Channel 4 made uh, Quite a last-minute Bold decision To instead of just leaving the empty podiums They would instead place On the empty podiums ice sculptures um, one half of the ice sculpture depicted a globe, and the other half depicted the party 's logos, mm-hmm. so the Conservative Party and then the brexit party mm-hmm. and Over the course of the broadcast, as the debate was going on, they just slowly melted, and by about sort of three quarters of the way through forty five minutes in, they were just dripping and just like like i, I don 't know I was worried about the electrics on the floor <laughs> like at a certain point that 's a health hazard, yeah, surely yeah, but um basically it 's caused this absolutely massive, massive stir. During the broadcast, Michael Gove, tried to storm into Channel 4 studios, demanded to be put on air to represent the Conservatives. He was very swiftly sort of turned away, Mm -hmm. saying, no, this is a leaders-only debate. You can't participate. Krishnan Murthy addressed it on air Mm -hmm. um, and sort of said, really, sorry, Michael Gove, but obviously this is a leaders-only debate. Um, The Conservative Party have continued to kick off. They wrote to Ofcom describing it as a provocative partisan stunt. Um, Some Conservative Party sources have briefed journalists at BuzzFeed and The Telegraph and have said that if re-elected, the party will be reviewing Channel 4's broadcasting obligations. So will they let them Mm. continue broadcasting? And I I suppose there's a lot of questions that stem out of this. So, Megan, first of all, is it right for them to even put a nice sculpture on the podium in the first place?
0: I think it makes a political comment, but I don't think that it's wrong of them to make a political comment in the first place Mm. i don't know if you saw but the bbc posted on their facebook stories something along the lines of like just before or just after i think people were registering to vote that politics can be a bit boring what else do you like to talk about or what's more important to politics than you Mm -hmm. and it causes outrage on social media because it's like no we we should kind of be talking about politics you don't have to take a side but that kind of effort to stop people from talking about politics yeah. is a bit sinister mm-hmm. and I think channel 4 have gone the other way and said well if they're not going to show up we are going to show you know a symbol of what it means the fact that the, the reason why they might not have shown up or kind of symbolic to get people thinking about what it means that they haven't shown
3: up exactly. I think you said the same
0: sentence about three times that's but, okay that's yeah. okay you've
3: solidified the point if <laughs> thank nothing you else. that's
0: what I meant so I I think it's cheeky. but i don't think it needs to go to they need to have their license removed Mm -hmm. or that they should it shouldn't be reviewed i think that actually they haven't answered the question about why they didn't show up Mm. that is the real issue here okay channel 4 made a little bit of a dig but at the same time by kind of going back you haven't really got to the crux of the issue the crux of the issue is you didn't show up for a climate debate which yeah. is really really important in this generation very at this very time. literally
3: a hot topic at the minute
0: very literally <laughs> and the fact that you're getting angry about a little bit of cheek i just think is a little bit it's it's like almost displaced annoyance mm-hmm. because it's like they've been shown up and now instead of kind of admitting that they're embarrassed and that they've been shown up they are taking it out on the people that showed them up yeah which is not the people they should be angry about they should yeah, be angry at yeah, themselves because exactly they decided to did, did they did they give an explanation as to why they weren't being able they weren't going to be able to turn up
3: so boris put a statement out saying that I, I think his exact words were i told them ages ago i couldn't attend and right. there's obviously been a you know a sort of Huge row over that, and saying, "Well, mm. well did you, or, or is this just another yeah. interview that you've yeah. dodged?" Yeah. He's obviously under a lot of pressure at the minute to do an Andrew O'Neill interview
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, on the BBC.
0: Yeah.
3: So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting debate. What, what kind of? concerns me a little bit about it is is this detracting from the debate itself because now the story that everyone's focused oh, yeah, on yeah it's true it's not about the ice sculpture and them not attending yeah it you know or that that is the story as opposed to people actually discussing how are we going to meet but, our climate but i targets. think the
0: fact that uh, you know the conservative party the conservative party the you know probably likely to be our next government didn't show up that is a massive story in itself and mm-hmm. i think okay, maybe we're not focusing on their responses, but that the fact they didn't show up is kind of the biggest issue of the whole debate.
3: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think we could continue talking about this for um, quite a long time. We but
0: definitely could. <laughs> we are
3: running out of time, I'm afraid. So should we just have a quick little breeze through, just just a quick little light-hearted note to end on? Yeah. It's I, been quite, I mean, quite a heavy show, yeah, this. Yeah, it
0: was mentioned in the uh, kind of the... The bulletin that we just listened to, but Manchester is the first city to have eco fairy lights in their like street Christmas display. What do you think about that?
3: I think that's, uh, a, again, a step in the right direction everything it, it may not be the prime minister turning up to climate debate yeah. but you know what that's that's <laughs> that's one step forward hundred, and i'm okay well, with it, that and it's
0: a lot of lights so it is like and it's a, is a big, lot of
3: lights Yeah, every
0: little helps is i think tesco is it tesco tesco would say i think so yeah tesco exactly every little helps so well done manchester good
3: on you manchester good yeah. on you so um i've been james i've been megan this has been Fusing Focus. If there's anything that you would like us to say or if you would like to come on the show, please check us out on the Fuse FM uh, presenters group. No, Fuse FM news presenters group on Facebook. Yep, Follow I'm... us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening.